Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we've got a special guest sitting in our couch today. We are going to rap about her journey through school, through working as a therapist, then out of being a therapist, and then having to do all of the legwork to get back into the game. Amanda's sitting over there in the Captain Kirk chair. Oh, yeah. Hey, here I am. I thought you had more to say. I don't, I don't know. I was expecting no. some kind of like big introduction for some reason. Guess not. Mm. <laughs> anyway, hey, everyone. It's Amanda. And uh, yeah, Mark has already uh, mentioned what we're talking about today. So we have Heather Rivers sitting on the couch. And I actually don't know her full story, so I'm hearing it for the first time as you guys are. But what I do know is she was an RMT and then became inactive and, yeah, has just recently become... Are you are you registered again? I am officially registered as of last week. I think the papers came in and the Yay. day I messaged you guys, I Yay. was like, it came in. I'm so excited awesome. to get back. Yeah. So why don't I just throw it right over to you? Start at the beginning. Let's hear about this entire... Before you go right from the beginning, <laughs> how the hell did you find us? My partner and I watched or listened, sorry, to a lot of podcasts on Spotify, you know, the self-help and stuff. And then I was like, I just... I want to listen to something that like I have a deep love of. And so I was like, is there any like massage therapy podcasts out there? So I think I just Googled mm. at first massage therapy podcasts or something along that lines. And then you guys popped up and you were like the, the first ones to pop up. I didn't even, not until I think the other day that I find that there, I think there's one out in Ottawa or something like that. Yeah, there's a couple yeah, there's a few. Yeah, now, yeah. but but you guys were the only ones. And I think I've listened to like a hundred since then in the last three months. And nice. They awesome. said cleaning the house and it's on the Google cast and speakers in the house. And <laughs> right on. Yeah. I would get sick of listening to my voice. I'm just joking. <laughs> You don't get sick of this? No, I do. So do I. I hate it. <laughs> ah, jerk. Just joking. Okay, starting at the beginning. Alrighty. Take us through this. Um, so I have my kinesiology degree from McMaster. I graduated in 2010. Uh, from there, I did a lot of, I was involved in a lot of sport and stuff and started volunteering at the end of school there with an athletic therapist in the area. And she was actually the athletic therapist for the McMaster Marauders football team nice. in the last year. So unfortunately, I was helping out the year before they won Vanier Cup. <laughs> Couldn't have been the next year. But uh, so then I actually started and went to school at Sheridan for athletic therapy. I was going to do their advanced program. Um, How long is their advanced program? Two years? Three years. Three so years. You, you start in, in that second year. So they honestly just throw you right in, which I think you need to be, but wasn't the right fit for me. I knew I didn't like the emergency part of it. Mm. Um, oh, okay. Doing field to play work. Yeah, I had in probably, so I think I left in October. So I was there for maybe a month and a half and I had already sent a kid to like a 13-year-old to hospital with a possible spinal. I had sent another 13-year-old with complete fracture of his tib and fib. I'm sitting on the field with both parts of his leg in my hand going, now what do I do? Super stressful. Yeah. Uh, I think I cried for about an hour after, like off the field in my car and just like, I was like, this part isn't for me at all. But I loved the get back. After that's all done, the let's get you back on the field, back to play, Mm -hmm. like let's rehab this. My goal was always to be in something like baseball or volleyball. I grew up playing volleyball, rep volleyball and stuff. Um, my family is full of baseball players. And so that's where I wanted to be. But you kind of have to get through those hard hitting rugby, football, hockey first, yeah. right? Get desensitized to that. So 
but I was just like, no, not for me. So I left. Um, work. So how long how long were you in the program for? Only for like maybe two months. Okay. And like I had gotten kind of sick too, had a bout of vertigo, and was kind of just like, I this isn't. I feel like sometimes your body is almost rejecting where you're at. So I was mm-hmm. like, this isn't for me. Like I'm completely rejecting this. I think I started the summer after that. So I ended. I left there in November, and then the summer following, I started massage therapy at Sutherland Chan. What What made you decide Sutherland Chan? Um, just a lot of research, talking to a few people. A girl I went to. I was in McMaster. She went to Southern Chance and it was great. Um, it just, they also had the advanced standing. I could get it done in 12 months mm, versus yeah. I, other schools might've been like a community, community college. So, three years. Yeah. Three, three years, years yeah. or something. You might be able to get some of your classes. You don't have to take them or whatever. Cause you've already done them, whatever. So that's why I chose Southern Chan, even though I'm a small town girl, don't really like coming to the city, but I said, I'll just do it for a year. Ended up loving it. I was, but I was ready when I was, the year was done. I was like this, I'm done coming to Toronto. I just want to get out, get working, get my hands working. So you you enjoyed it there. I I did enjoy it. Yeah. What did what did you like about it? Um, honestly, that I could get it done quick. Yeah. There was a lot of diverse people. Um, from you know you have a few profs that are very like sport and minded, and then you have your. I I actually got a a stomach ulcer when I was there. I was just so much stress, and I thought I was having a lot of back pain. And one of the other teachers, she just came over. We were doing mindfulness, something in a class. She just put her hand on my stomach and just stared at me and looked at me and said, you need to go to the doctor. You have an ulcer. I was like, but my back hurts. She's like, you have an ulcer. Went to the doctor. Like, there's just such a diverse amount of people. Like, she's so in tune to energies and touch and stuff. And then, and then you have your very hardcore hardcore research, yeah, based, which which was nice. It was nice to have that. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. That I liked their outreach stuff. So I was involved in their sports clinic, stroke clinic, which was awesome. I did some taping on someone who had spasticity in their forearm and got. Uh, probably about 20 degrees more passive range of motion with that. Just seeing that kind of stuff was really cool. I did high-risk pregnancy at Sunnybrook, which was fantastic too. Um, I think in our rotation, there wasn't a lot of women in the ward because on bed rest or anything. So we actually could go over to another one too. And so I worked with somebody who had just had a leg amputation and stuff like that, which was really cool to see because I've always been fascinated by phantom limb syndrome. And so you had a lot of really good experience in school, yeah. which is so important. I mean, I was a clinic supervisor for a little while and I always wanted to think of outreaches that would give students more than just the people who were coming and saying, you know, oh yeah, I've got like upper back and neck tension. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, yeah. that's going to be a lot of people probably that you see when you're practicing, Definitely. but you need to get that hands-on experience with all different types of people. I like yeah. the high-risk pregnancy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the smaller schools they don't they don't have that stuff. No, right. No. The majority of the private, like I went to I went to CCMH and like we had our outreaches, um, you know, acquired brain injuries, mm-hmm. that type of thing, where we were down at um, Toronto Rehab Hospital. Where's that? St. Mike's or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, that. yeah. But yeah, we had some really good stuff like that. But you don't get that at. at Small you don't get that everywhere. No, they no, don't, they don't no. Care. no, they had a lot too. like, you know, you could do the marathon, the good life marathon. Yeah, yeah. you could go and volunteer for that, too. Um, so actually, one of my best friends now we met at Sutherland Chan and would take the train together because we were the only two coming from the Durham region in mm. in the entire school. 
So her and I got really close really quick. We're still friends to this day. Nice. Her and I signed up to do, we got to go to the Marley's dressing room, working with the Marley's on staff RMT. That's cool. And got to see from that side of it too, because I've always been involved in sport my entire life. So it was really cool to see that side for sure. So are you considering joining the Canadian Sport Massage Therapist Association? Right now, one step at a time. It's something that I'm interested in. Um, I'm trying... It's hard. Um, It's a lot of weekends in a sense of a lot of travel and I'm not a big traveler. I had when I when I first started practicing in those first two, three years, worked with the All Blacks, the Canadian rugby team, the Scottish rugby team. Uh, I did a few through Sutherland Chan too, um, Mm a couple years at uh, the Gary Roberts NHL preseason camp too. So I really like it. It's just you a should, lot of travel. You should apply anyway right now yeah. to, to be a certificate candidate because yeah. you can probably use a bunch yeah. of those hours. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think there's like 500 hours that you have to have, but you can definitely use them. Yeah. I shouldn't say definitely. Yeah, I think it's just somewhere I'm comfortable because just being an athlete, being around athletes a whole my whole life, it's just a comfort spot. Well, you're, not, you're at the perfect place right now as well because it's sort of like you're restarting your entire mm-hmm. career. You're just starting doing all your branding. I've been seeing the stuff you're posting, like your logos and stuff so this is like the time when you can decide like who do I want to work with and maybe start attracting all those athletes to you yeah because I really want to take into account the the sports side is a lot of you know your evidence base and whatnot which is amazing I love all that because it's very logical it's straightforward it makes sense but marrying in the relaxation and whatnot for the mental side because so many athletes like I I always would go and I've been getting massages since I was probably like 10 or 12 years old as an athlete and I was always like harder like deeper I don't care if I'm relaxed, uh, you know, if I'm tight, that's fine, things like that. But seeing this, that new massage therapist, I started seeing her and she's literally opened my eyes up to a whole other realm, it seems like, that she always said, like, you don't have to be deep, like 100% of the time, just Mm -hmm. 10 to 15% of the time, you're getting the job done, but you're also really working that nervous system to Mm -hmm. relax, right? My mental health has gone up since seeing her and putting those two together. And mental health is a big thing right now. And especially with athletes, they don't get a lot. They have a lot on their plates, especially student athletes. Did you just listen to our podcast (laughs) on mental health athletes? A little bit. I heard a little bit, but it's, it is so true. It's very true. Yeah. No, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I think that every one of my treatments, there is a relaxation Mm -hmm. component and Part of the reason for that is how am I supposed to affect anything Mm -hmm. if the person can't relax at all, right? So there is always a relaxation component. You know, I I don't have, you know, candles lit in the room and blah, blah, blah. But Open flames, bad idea. Yeah, Yeah. that's probably a bad idea. (laughs) But no, I mean, I I think that it is super important, not even just for mental health, like to get anything happening, I feel like the person has to be somewhat relaxed. Yeah. You have to get them in that state of calm, relaxed and bring their nervous system down for sure. Because they're not going to let you get into subscap or (laughs) pec minor (laughs) without that. No, no, they're not. For All right, sure. so you you finish Sutherland Chan, you have a great time there. You yeah. love the outreaches, you love the school. You get it done super fast. You made a best friend, <laughs> and uh, and now you're uh, preparing for your licensing exam. No yeah. problem with that. Nope, no problem with that at all. I was just nerves, so many nerves. <laughs> yeah. Sutherland but, Chan does a good job preparing people. Yeah, too. they they over prepare for sure, which I'm very thankful for. I think there was the when school was kind of like done. We've you know finished 
finished our class stuff, it was a week or could be a bit more of just OSCE prep. You went in every day and you just simulated it. And it was the same. We had the curtains all lined up that yep. it was the same. It was seven stations and you come out, you read it, you go in, you do this, you come out. And it's just learning to put whatever you did in that last cubicle, that last room, messed up or not, you got to put it out of your head because you got to go into this next one right. and yep. focus on that next time, which is real life. If you have one client, you might have still thinking about it, but you got to put it out of your mind for right now so you can focus on the next person that's coming in and totally. give them your that full is, attention. That is real life. Like yeah. when you have a day where you're back to back to back to mm-hmm. back, we've talked about it on the podcast before, those life sucking, energy yep. sucking clients mm-hmm. that you have. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I make it sound so aggressive, but it can it be. Like true. I am a person and I've said this before as well. I'm very empathetic and like I feel like I absorb so much of other people's shit and I try not to like you know you have to people come on here and they talk about setting boundaries and I don't I don't know I get sucked into people's shit sometimes and so when somebody leaves I have to like literally dust it off Mm -hmm. refocus grounding okay next person you're gone that's mm-hmm. over next mm-hmm. person i don't think you have that issue does it make anyway. you dread when they come in the next time are you already like oh fuck you see sometimes a name I on th- the you schedule know what? Like, god damn it sometimes i think subconsciously and again i think we've we've spoken about this i have one client who one or two times put me just put me off like made comments or said things that i just felt were really uncalled for and i've I have sort of like, I guess, a negative view of this person now. Um, it's gotten better. We're good now. But what when, turns it around? you know what, it's just because exactly what she said, I had to just like let that go. Mm. And when I see him, I have to remember what I'm, what my goal is here. Like he's <laughs> here for a reason. I'm here to like, you know. I thought you were going to say, I have to remember he's just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. No. But Okay, so even if I wouldn't get this feeling of dread when I saw his name on the schedule, he was the one person, something would happen every time that he was on my schedule, something would happen where I'd either have to reschedule him or I'd be late. Mm. That's not a coincidence. Like there was always something that would happen. Either I would leave the house and forget that I had to get gas and I was like, fuck, I have to stop for gas and there'd be a huge lineup at the gas. Like there was always something that would happen and I would either be late or I'd have to reschedule him. So it got to a point where I was like, fuck, this guy must hate me. He must think that I'm the most irresponsible Mm. person. But it was only happening with him. It was like the universe putting borders or boundaries and obstacles completely in your so, way with him. So, yeah, yeah, somehow I must have See, had this feeling. you need her teacher to put her hand on your <laughs> forehead and stare you in the face yep. and use her Jedi mind tricks. Uh... <laughs> now, we've gotten a lot better now because I do have to remember, like, those were just two incidences that, you know, he kind of put me in a bad mood. And I was like, let that go. He's a client. And he's actually not a bad guy. Honestly, not a bad guy. Maybe he was having a shit day those two days yeah. that he was so fucking rude to me. <laughs> it's maybe, true. Maybe I haven't let it go. <laughs> it's so true. What's the saying that like you never know what somebody else is going on? You know, always give them the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. But, yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah. tell us. Uh, tell us about uh, your first places of employment. Yeah. So uh, my first was another RMT clinic in Whippy, which was great. I, I learned so much from her from a business sense as well as technique sense. Um, we would on a regular occasion 
treat each other so that she can be like, oh, you know, here's a different technique of how to get in there. And she kind of played that mentor role, which was really awesome. And That is awesome. Yeah. Because everywhere I've worked and I've worked, at, you know, a handful of places with other therapists, the place has always been so fucking busy that yeah. I, I don't see anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm in my room mm-hmm. with the door closed mm-hmm. and then I see someone for two seconds when I'm out of the room washing my hands, getting ready for the next. Yeah. Like I never, I, I never had that interaction yeah. with other colleagues no, it was, in it one was place. Fantastic. And then from there, she was, uh, she's certified in cupping and was an instructor. So again, volleyball player, I had shoulder injury. That was probably, I couldn't, I could not do 180 degrees of abduction for years. And, uh, I've had athletic therapists, chiropractors, physios all work on me. You got strength in this, blah, blah, blah. She said, let me treat you with cups. Mm. I said, sure. I'm, I've had acupuncture. I've had everything. Try it. One treatment. I had full range that lasted probably a week. And then I was down, not quite full range, but only maybe 10 or 15 degrees shy. She did another treatment and I've never had any pain, never an issue since. And I've been playing volleyball, baseball, everything since. Just have to be mindful of my positioning when I'm serving, right. and, you know, <laughs> make sure I'm engaging the core and whatnot. But, um, so as soon as that happened, I was like, I'm sold. Cupping is perfect. So I went and got my cupping certification and cool. I, I cut myself all the time when I'm a little sore here and there. So that was just a great learning experience with her for sure. Yeah. I'm just totally in love with all of cupping. <laughs> and I try to sell people on it all the time. And they're, they're a little skeptical at first, but, uh, your yeah. clients are, uh, anybody or I'll talk to friends. You should go get cupping. Just try it. Just try it. Just try it. Right. I typically don't get a lot of clients who are like against doing the cups. Like they're usually all pretty open to it. I had one client whom I was trying to get her to allow me to use cups, um, for like a chronic neck injury that she had. And she was hesitant and whatever. And so, you know, I brought it up a couple times. I wasn't going to push her. And so she finally agreed. And anyway, she emailed me the next day to say, oh my God, that was awesome. Um, She went to her chiropractor and she was actually able to get a good adjustment because the chiropractor was having a lot of trouble adjusting um, this part of her neck. And so she was super happy. But then the next time I saw her, she was like, I had to go to work with this mark and people (laughs) thought it was a hickey. And I'm like, first of all, what rational person thinks that a perfect circle came from a human being's mouth? Exactly. No way that's a hickey. I like, come on. I forget Mick Jagger can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. He can lay down a perfect, massive, hickey circle. Well, yeah. And that's the thing, too, is like having that conversation because everybody refers, oh, it's a bruise. It's a bruise. It is not a bruise. It right. is completely different. And getting, because like, I'm always covered in, in, uh, cupping marks all the time going to volleyball and what's on your back oh right and my partner calls him my octopus (laughs) (laughs) all the time but it depends on the client too because like I'm somebody who is very tight fascia I don't have a lot of trigger points I don't have a lot of like muscle tension it's all the fascia for sure and so some people they don't I can you can go as deep as you want with a cup and I don't care it feels great to me yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and then from her, from that place in Whitby, I, uh, I was moving out, I was moving back in with my parents who live out Peterborough, Port Hope area. So I was like, I need to kind of maybe be at a clinic, not do an hour drive every day, (laughs) which would be nice. Um, so I was in a clinic in Coburg and with them too, I was working with, uh, the Coburg Cougars, the, um, junior A hockey team out there. 
cool. a little bit, which was, again, great learning experience. That was chiropractor, uh, chiropodist, and a naturopath in that clinic. So again, and another massage therapist. So learned a lot from that. Um, but that clinic ended up changing hands at some point. And I was just, I was in a position, like the universe was almost talking to me. I felt like, like, you need to like walk away from this right now. This mm-hmm. isn't working. You need to step away. I believe that was 2015, 2016, January. I, I just, stepped away, gave my clients a month's notice and whatnot. They can always contact me, whatever, but referred them to other people. And then I um, thought I needed to be in the business world as administrator, administrative assistant. And I was so focused on that, my school debt. So my head, I was like, I need that steady pay that mm-hmm. all of this. And so when you say you walked away, you are, this is the point now where you walked away from massage completely. Yeah, I went inactive. Yeah. So I don't know how well you're going to be able to answer this question, but I've counted probably three or four different times where you've talked about sort of like the universe speaking to you. Like you're obviously a person who follows your instinct. Like, and I'm the same, like sometimes you just get a feeling and you've got to go with it. There might not be any logic behind it, but this is what you're feeling. Was there anything, any defining moment, anything you can think of that made you feel like I need to actually step back from massage therapy and do something else? I don't know if it was actually one defining moment. It was just this nagging thing in the back. And I think it was just looking back. I think I just didn't find my home yet. I was, I was not in the right space of what I wanted and I couldn't see, I couldn't see where I wanted to go. I knew where I wanted right. to go, but I couldn't see that path. And so I got frustrated. Yeah. That's a really unsettling feeling. And I know that feeling when you feel completely lost, mm-hmm. like when you know, when you have a goal and you know where you're going, mm-hmm. okay, you can keep working towards that. If you're just going to this clinic every day, what, well, even though, yeah, you probably enjoyed your clients, enjoyed what you're doing, mm-hmm. but you're going to this clinic every day and you don't see like, where is this leading me? Mm-hmm. That can be unsettling, but it does seem quite quite a far jump to decide, mm-hmm. okay, I've only been in this profession a couple of years and now I'm I'm going to go work in an office. Yeah. First of all, I think that's only unsettling if you have an internal flame of needing to do things. Mm-hmm. I think the majority of people, they go to a job and they just do it and it's not like they care. They just do it because yeah. they have to do something to I make some to money. Be... Right? I agree versus, with you. Versus this internal fire that says, I need to do something. I need a goal to work toward. And like I always joke around of being a, a Walmart greeter and that's my dream <laughs> job because it would be just like mindless who cares Sometimes there's I no don't goals think he's there's no nothing I just show up I put yeah. in my time and then I and then I go home and I live my life versus making you know your career so much part of your identity I would have my identity as myself and my Walmart work would just be the thing that pays for my life yeah. versus mm-hmm. having your identity so mixed in with your so career. I agree with you that there are the people who have this burning desire but I think it's it's not I think more people have it than don't have it. I think that the, it takes a certain type of person to be really in tune with it. I, don't know I think they, there's I, a lot of people in the world that are unhappy with their that job. are yeah that are just going about the motions because of things have... like okay fine maybe it's not that they have but it's this not that flame. They have such a goal I'm trying to reach but I, I, I still think there's an unsettling feeling about not knowing where your life is going. For example, mm-hmm. all we've talked about this again. Women approaching the age of 30. How many women approaching the age of 30 just fucking know. get married, just have oh, kids, yeah, no. just do the yeah. shit because that's what you're supposed to do when you're a woman yeah. who's 30. And I don't know necessarily that these women are feeling like, yes, this is where I want to be and I want to be a, a, mm-hmm. a wife and a mom and blah, blah, blah. It's just everybody else is doing it. And mm. I think there, there, for most people, there is a feeling of being 
unsettled, whether you're in tune with what's causing that or what it is, there's this unsettling feeling when you have no fucking idea where your life is going. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody is okay with that. Then there's people like Heather, who obviously, based on just the way she's been speaking, who can somehow be in tune with that and like, no, something is telling me this is not where I should be. And I know that feeling so well. I know when I first became a therapist, walking into multiple interviews and immediately walking in, I remember walking into this one space, beautiful new clinic, like the nicest place you have ever seen. I would have been working alongside medical doctors, uh, chiropractors, physios. Like it was, this place was massive. It was in the core of downtown Toronto, almost seemed like a dream job. Mm -hmm. Yet I walked in there. I had not been sitting with the owner of this clinic for five minutes before I was like, nope, no, no, I will never work here. Like this is not, I don't know. I honestly, he was, he was perfectly nice. He the way he described everything, honestly, it sounded like a dream job. Their pay structure was fair. Everything was great. And I was like, this is, this is not it. And yet somehow then I walk into a small chiropractic clinic with one chiropractor, one chiropodist, one naturopathic doctor, and then it would have been me as the one massage therapist. Mm-hmm. The minute I walked into this place, it was just a vibe I got. I'm like, I am supposed to be here. It made no sense. Like there was no logic. And I ended up working there for five years. Mm-hmm. Which is the vibe I've got now with where I'm going to be landing. Uh, I, I was saying to Mark before that I, I was, I'd been seeing her for the last three years. I was, I was not even inactive as a massage therapist. I was resigned as a massage therapist at that point. And I went home to my partner and said, if I go back to massage, that's exactly where I needed to be. I, I, I can see now what I wanted, but mm. I couldn't see that before. All right. Before we get into that. Like, <laughs> yeah, because like, I don't know. I don't know if I would walk away. And I, I, I don't know. I don't think I would walk away. And I'll tell you why. And I and I wouldn't go inactive. Just me. Mm-hmm. Because to hang on to my registration and allow me to, to treat anytime I want to works well. The amount of money that I save by going inactive, realistically, I do 10 treatments mm. or whatever yeah. the case is. And like I paid for my registration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So those are the reasons why I would just even hang on to it. Even if I wasn't going to go down the the path of like trying to find a place and trying to make my myself into the therapist that like, I don't know what I want to do. I think I would still hold on to my my registration. But why 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 did you decide like I'm I'm gonna walk away and I'm gonna go inactive and therefore I can't even do anything mm-hmm. if I wanted to. Yeah. Um. So I think there was I just there was a lot of factors. I was 25 years old. I was still living with my parents, had this school debt. Um, you know, all my friends are getting these office jobs. They're working these nine to fives, having weekends off. And to be honest, a lot of them worked together. So when we got together, shop talk would start with them. And then I felt like I was in the corner. Like, even if we talked about shop, I can't talk about shop with you because you'll either not understand, but I also can't talk about clients. So you're not going to get it. Right. So it was, I just, I lost sight of, I think, what my true goals were. And then I started letting other people dictate that, whether mm-hmm. it was the clinic owner, my parents, God, I love them all, <laughs> all four of them. I love them. But like they, you know, maybe you should do this and that. And I, they out of college, whatever high school boom job stayed in that for 30 years, yep. which is fantastic. That's not the way of our generation what, at all. What no. were, yeah, they were the they were yeah. of the generation where you're supposed to fucking hate your job. Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's the that's the idea. You go to work, you make your money. You're not supposed to like it. Yeah. Where were they trying to push you? Uh, they just wanted stability. Your parents, they just want you to have stability, right? Okay. So 
they they didn't want me to leave though because they saw that I had a passion for it. They're, you've always been like the like, volleyball team at 14 years old. You're the one sitting there massaging everybody on the team mm-hmm. at tournaments. Like that was mm-hmm. that you've always been sports injuries, all of that. Um, but they're also like, if that's, but you know, you're also going to somewhere that could be stability, pension, all of this. Mm-hmm. They were like, you need to do what you need to do. Make sure you're not leaving preemptively, mm-hmm. but we're also not, I don't think they were too upset if I was going to uh, steady income, steady pay and all that. I understand this completely mm-hmm. from the age perspective. Yeah. Like I know when I decided to leave personal training and take an office job, that was exactly it. I was probably a year younger, like mm-hmm. maybe I was maybe 23, 24 mm-hmm. and I I enjoyed training. I enjoyed working in fitness and I I had my degree in kinesiology and somehow I knew that eventually one day I would want to be working in some form of rehab or therapy or whatever. Like I knew that's where I wanted to go. Yet at that moment, like you said, all of my friends were putting on really nice clothes and taking the subway and drinking lattes and blah, blah. And something about that life, I was like, that's kind of cool. You know, they clock out at five (laughs) o'clock. I'm laughing because for me, it was the fucking reverse. Well, exactly. But I'm saying I understand that. I've I've always said from when I was in elementary school and I had this one Oakland A's hat that I would wear like daily. And I always used to tell my my good buddy Ernesto, he lives in Miami now. Hi, Ernesto. I always used to tell him like, I never want to be at a place where I can't wear this fucking hat. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it, even when my friends were all off, you know, you know, out of university and they're they're doing what they're doing, they're nine to fives and they're so happy and blah 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 blah. I was always like, never, I don't I don't want that life. I want to be no, in exactly. control of everything. But what that I was I do. saying about the age is when you decided to go back to school, to yeah. massage school. You were older. Yeah. She went to massage school very young. So became yeah. a therapist young. And then it was like, she's doing this thing where she's got to work evenings and weekends to make money. And again, if you haven't found your home in it yet, if you haven't mm-hmm. found where you're okay. truly happy, mm-hmm. I could see like everybody around you, you know, putting on the skirts and the high heels and whatever. And you're putting on your yoga pants and running shoes and going to like or do physical that, work all day. Having that connection within the office, like you have your friends and, you know, you're talking about these problems and you're that collaborative environment and And I'm a therapist you're so alone yeah and I'm a very I've learned that I'm more introvert than I used to think I was but I'm a very I like that connection I like connecting people I my parents have said my entire life I do never stop talking so sometimes it was just hard for me because I don't want to be talking all the time when the client's on the table how are they going to relax right they want to talk sure but I can't be initiating that so that was also a call, I think, to me too. I was like, maybe I'm not in the right spot. I don't know. And I miss. I felt like I was missing out on everything. Mm. Um, and and I just, I don't know. I just, it, it, something in me said, I need to step away right now. And I think another thing I, I had the revelation of, because that question that all massage therapists get, well, you know, you can only do that for 10 years. You can only, what are you going to do after that? What are you going to do after that? It was playing in my head of, well, if I'm, you know, what if I have to leave in 10 to 12 years, my hands, I can't do whatever it is. I can't mm-hmm. do this anymore physically. Then I'm so far removed from that admin role, which I do have a lot of experience with. I've been working in uh, uh, all clinics as a front desk person since I was 19 years old. So mm-hmm. 
if I was going to fall back on something, that's what I'm falling back on. So I think I just maybe got pulled in two different directions. I just decided this is what I need to do right now. Bravo for being self-aware yeah. enough to be like, I got to get out. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? It's it's really easy to get influenced by money and pension yeah. and stability. The number of times, I even wrote a blog about this on our website about, I know that people look at me sometimes like, you're fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I have kids, I have a family, yeah. I could very easily go and get a very stable job and I can have benefits and I can have a pension and, you know, I can have a retirement plan, but I choose every day to hustle and Mm -hmm. work my ass off to continue to make my own rules kind of thing. And I think it would have been harder to do when I was younger, especially with school debt. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been. So I I understand stepping away at 25 and like Mark said, to be that self-aware at 25 is Mm -hmm. pretty cool. I think I was was a a disaster. I'm still a dummy. I'm fucking 44. I'm not saying anything. (laughs) And you're 43. But I think going back to what you said too, is approaching that, because I think, you know, I think when I actually stepped away, maybe a little bit more than 25. I, I, but in that realm, 25 to 30, yeah. for sure, that was playing in my head. Like the kids, like I'm almost 30. I need to start thinking about kids and marriage and this and that. Mind you, he'll probably kill me for telling this, but my partner's three years younger than me. So he was he was 22 when we met. Mm. He was no, right. <laughs> he was not in that mindset at all. Right. Um, and so that was playing in my head too. Like, Oh, well, if he's working full time and like we have kids, like, you know, Matt leave and this and that, like, I, I grew up with my parents coming to all my sports after school and helping me with my homework after. So that's the life I knew. But then I think once I hit 30, I had a bit of a meltdown at 30. And I also, the morning of my 30th birthday, threw my back out, <laughs> making a Perfect bed, timing. Like in a ball, crumbled down, couldn't even yell to my friends in the other room. Mm. Um, and then once I kind of got past that and was like, so what? I'm 30. If, if kids are on our marriage, all that, it'll come. I don't need to get that done by 30. Right. That's when I started opening back up to, well, why did I leave massage then? So in retrospect, right. are you like, I fucking wish I didn't do that? I don't think so. Like, um, it'd be nice because I, if I didn't leave, I'd probably have a well-established clientele right now. <laughs> I wouldn't be starting that process again, mm-hmm. but I don't. The experiences I think I learned over the last three-ish years was so business orientated that my mindset of the business side of massage, I get in a whole different light now. I, I think I needed that in that sense. Cause I was, I was turning into a yes man. Oh, we have this going on. We have that going on. You know, will you volunteer your time for this and this and this? And, and some of it wasn't, didn't fit my, my goal, my vision, who I am. But I just thought I, I have to say yes because yeah. I'm new and I'm young mm-hmm. and I'm going to be judged if I don't say yes. And so that I think now that I've, what I've been through with the business side of it, I know this is going to work for me. I'll say yes to this. No, that's not going to work for me. And it's okay that I'm saying no to that. That is so awesome. I'm literally like, as you're speaking, clapping in my mind. Like it's, <laughs> but it, it is. And again, I, th- I agree with you that I think it probably wasn't a mistake to leave because now you know this is where you want to be. Like you did it, you stepped away. And it sucked you back in. Yeah. You you realize like this there. is where I was supposed to be. You just weren't quite ready to yeah. n- define yourself as a therapist at 25. You knew you wanted to be a therapist, but you didn't know what type of therapist. And that was unsettling. And I get mm-hmm. that because like I said, I've had that feeling of like, 
I feel lost. Like I need to, I need yeah. to do something else. Do you think if you were working in a larger city that you would have been able to kind of explore a little bit more in the field and maybe find it through working in different places Possibly. or working in like a smaller town, you know, kind of limited in opportunities played? I think so, because the one thing um, I'm definitely di- taking a different direction on this time around is setting up a community. So like, that's why I was so happy to find you guys. Cause I had, you know, my friend that I went to school with and the person I was working for, that was my community of massage therapists that if I had questions or this, I was relying on two people. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't think that's enough. And I'm somebody, again, like I met, kind of mentioned, I have four parents. So I get, I get all the different sides. Like I have to ask all of them, what is your opinion on this? That's how I work. So I think being in a city, I might've had a bigger network yeah. of people to, to lean on and to be like, you know, I'm, can we go get a beer? Like I'm so frustrated. Should I leave and maybe talk through it and get that spark lit back up again mm-hmm. versus being out where you have a smaller community. And that's why stuff like this, I think is super important. And the content, like, I think it's so important. That is a really good point. Actually, we've talked about on the podcast a few times about people's experiences in school. Mm-hmm. And Mark had such a fucking awesome experience in school. He's still close with some of the therapists that he met there. And I he has such a good memory of student clinic yeah. and I have a fairly negative memory of student mm-hmm. clinic, not because I didn't want to treat people or whatever, but I, I didn't really become close with anybody when I was in massage school. I was working full time. I had other things going on. It was just, and I went to a very small uh, private college. So my class was very small And he had said to me one time when I was like this close to quitting, like I was just done. I was over it. I fucking hated it. I would dread going to school. I dreaded going to clinic. And he said, you just need to be around more therapists and view that have this really positive view of massage therapy. You need to be around people who love massage therapy. And I'm like, you're right. Like, it's just that I'm with these. You said that. (laughs) It sounds nothing like you, right? You can be motivational when you want to be. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, he was saying what he said was exactly right. And I think in when he asked that question just now, I thought he was talking about your experience with different types of clients. And I was like, well, no, I don't really agree with that because based on what you've said, you've had so much experience with clients. But I do agree with having more of a community of therapists and having people to talk to so you don't feel like the one girl at the table is all of your friends or chatting about their office jobs that has nothing to contribute. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think having a community is perfect. And, And all along too, that friend and I, even when I wasn't working, we would still do exchanges, obviously. It would just ignite back in me even with, and she was amazing when I first stopped and she'd be like, Hey, do you want to do exchange? And I said, no, I'm not treat Like I'm not treating, but I'll pay you to treat me kind of thing. She was like, that's fine. Like she knew she just needed to let me figure it out. And then slowly we got back into it and started doing exchanges again. And then we would just be talking about new things coming in the industry and this and that, because she's, she's a spa. She works at a spa, right? So it's a completely different view. Mm -hmm. So I love to hear about like how it works there and this and that, what's going on and different injuries and this and that. And it would just ignite back into me. And then I'm like, oh no, I have to put that aside because like, you know, I need to focus on having that steady income and this and that. And uh, yeah. So I think this time around having more people to reach out to, Mm -hmm. this time knowing when I say like, this works for me, that's not going to work for me. And being okay with that, being strong enough to say, having that confidence that this is where I need to be and I can work towards that. So what I've learned is, you know, especially when it comes to marketing and this and that, I want to make my own decisions. I want to do it myself. Mm -hmm. I don't want somebody telling me what to do. Like I'm, I'm done with that. I well, it can't be genuine that way. Nobody can no. market you and come across as you. Mm-hmm. Like you, 
you do that and yep. you want your clients to get to know who you are. So you eventually fill practice with people who are just like you and they want yep. to be, they want to be in your space. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, education and knowledge is such a power in this industry because a lot of our clients don't fully understand everything we do. So having that Facebook page where I can, this is what's new going on in, in the industry and this is what's going on. This research just came out and this and that and sharing that because a lot of like my friends and family, when I'm talking about their injuries or, you know, they're complaining about this or that, I'm just like, here's this research, here's this, 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 and this. And then they're like, oh, well, that makes a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. You know, why hasn't the doctors figured that out? Um, we were talking before, I have somebody in my family who had a neck injury and was having issues and their arm was bugging them and this and that. And I, I listening to just passively listening, I didn't ask a lot of questions because again, I wasn't in the realm anymore. And then I just said, where exactly are you feeling the pain and numbness? And she told me in her arm, I said, that's a nerve impingement of C5, C6, C7. Well, the doctors don't think it's that. They think it's this, blah, blah, blah. blah. A year later, she was scheduled for surgery on C5, C6, C7. So it was like, it's always been in me in that education. I'm like, well, this in that. And telling her this is why this is how I know it's this spot and things mm -hmm. like that having somebody else do that marketing for you like a clinic they're not going to usually it's a front desk person and so they don't have that knowledge to be like no this is the right article to share or whatnot I just want to have that power maybe that's a little bit of controlling in that way but I want to do that I love that part of it and that's what I think drew me into you guys too having you have your practice and then you have this education part of it because mm -hmm. if I wasn't in this path I probably would have been a teacher mm -hmm. I've also known that too but those jobs are few and far between. Everybody was a teacher when I was leaving school, so. You never know. Maybe you will teach someday. But that's the thing is that would be great. Teaching more um, adults and stuff versus kids and whatnot, things like that. But Yeah, I don't think non, I could teach children. I have teachers in the family. I, I think it would have been a good teacher, but I don't think it was. I don't know how they do it, man. What do you I mean? I seriously don't. I don't think that I could have, no, you know what? They fucking deserve that, man. Yeah. To have patience have a lot for of 30 of other people's children yeah, no. and deal with them all day. They deserve the every, at the end of the tunnel. every Two summer of, I can off. wake up and not even put yeah, on and... pants if I want. You know? <laughs> I think if I became a school teacher, by the way, I don't, I don't think I would have wanted my own children. Yeah. Like I feel like teaching kids all day and then coming home and dealing with more kids, I lose yeah. my freaking mind. So teachers, if you're listening, God bless you. I have such respect. The teacher in my family also is does high school age and she does a lot of um, at-risk students. Mm. So uh, like the stories that she deals with is heartbreaking and yeah, so she needs that time off. And I have the yeah. utmost respect for, for teachers of any, if it's, you know, in a private, if it's here, like if it's Sutherland Chan, any teacher anywhere, what they do, they put a lot of time and they have to have a lot of heart to be able to do what they're going to do, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So now where have we gotten up to? So now you <laughs> have left. left and now you're realizing, why did I leave? So wait, what were you doing when you left then? Um, so I was administrative assistant and I actually moved to Aurelia Berry area for six months. Oh, it was wow. on a contract living with friends. Um, Sleeping on a couch? No, they had a they had a spare bed for me, okay. which was awesome. <laughs> but yeah, and coming home every weekend because like at that time, 
my uh, boyfriend and I have been together for like five years. So, you know, it's long term. And so I'm commuting back and forth every weekend, things like that. And then I got a job as another administrative assistant through a friend's family business and was there for two and a half years. It was it was a lot of learning through there, too. And it was a really cool place in the sense that like I was a little man on the totem pole, but I felt like my voice was heard, mm. which was really cool. Um, but then it was just another opportunity came up and I was like, can't say no to this. So I kind of moved on to that and then, um, that didn't really work out. So then that's when, like I said, when I started seeing this massage therapist before it was always just the fire just kept getting lit and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then at one point I was like, wait a second, I'm don't have any more debt. I'm not living with my parents. My, we've been living together for three years now. Like I, this is my life. Why am, why am I not doing what I want to do? Mm. And I mm-hmm. have the ability now, like we have benefits now. I can set up and look after my own pension and things like that. I'm in a position where I could really make this work. Why am I not doing it? Did you have that same unsettling yeah. feeling? Oh, yeah. For okay. a year after leaving, it was starting. Maybe maybe a year and a half after leaving, it was starting to ignite again and that unsettle. And I just, I would be at work and we like to do a lot of like building and stuff at home and that creative side of me. So I, I was always felt like I was in two places at once. Cause I'm at work working, but I'm, this is in the back of my mind over here. And it just felt like so sporadic. So, um, I just knew I wasn't when that starts happening to me, I know I'm not in the right place. So now are you so hyper-focused that you're never going to feel unsettled again? Or do I you, so. or do you feel like, oh man, like that, that feeling can creep back in. I'm worried it's going to creep back in, but yeah. I, I have a different perspective, a different view for sure this time. And the fact that I feel like things are in my own hands, yeah. I'm sure I'm going to make mistakes along the way. And I'm sure I'm going to be setting up for some glasses here to like help uh, get myself on track. No, I, I really hope it's not. I think I have a different fire in me and a different determination now for sure. A different view. I want to hear about the journey back. So <laughs> once you've made the decision, did you, was this a decision you made fairly impulsively or was it a back and forth? Did you discuss with all of your parents, your boyfriend, like how <laughs> yeah. did this happen? Happen. A lot of people might say it's impulsive, but it's it would be it was there inside me for a while, just like leaving. I think he was the only person I would talk to about this for probably about a year before leaving because I was too afraid to tell anybody else. Why were you afraid to tell anybody? Just uh, afraid of disappointing parents, disappointing friends or hearing the like, oh, now you're going to go do something else mm. and whatnot. Um, so this was kind of like in the back of my mind. And, and again, every time I saw that my every six week treatment with that therapist, I'd leave and be like, why am I not doing this? Why? Maybe I can just get it back and at least work part time with her. Like, so when I started thinking that, I was like, then why am I not going back? Clearly, you want to be in this. Clearly, you have a passion and mm-hmm. desire. So then it was, I'm going to say, probably around Christmas that I was starting to vocalize it more. And then cards fell into place. And I said, perfect. I am in the opportunity that I can dedicate my time to this now. And probably within two weeks of leaving that other job, I was reaching out to the CMTO. How does this process go? Like, what is my, like, what do I have to do based on my time in and my time away and stuff like that? So they got back to me pretty quick and I was able to go through the refresher course, which was fantastic. Cool. Can you actually tell us about this process? Because if you've ever cruised any of the RMT groups on Facebook, Mm -hmm. there's always questions about like, how long can I be inactive for? What do I have to do to get back into it if I'm gone for a prolonged period of time? What is that time frame of which that I can go from inactive to active without having to 
do anything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure on the CMTO website, they kind of lay it out. They yeah. have a bit of a, a graph or whatnot. So I was in for, I think, just shy of three years and gone for just about three years. So I think really if you're under kind of an under five years in and then under five years away out there's there's kind of like a path you take mm-hmm. and so for me it was uh and you can just reach out to them and just say hi i'm interested how can i get registered again what process do i have to take and they'll go into see your profile see whatever you need to do and tell you exactly what who to contact what you have to do and whatnot so i had to do the 10-hour hands-on refresher and then an online, the online um, uh, standards of practice, and especially with everything new coming out. And they talked a lot about the new sexual harassment and mm-hmm. sexual mm-hmm. Um, policies and stuff like that. So I went through that. The online course uh, took a month because you have to do, it has to be done over the, the four weeks. You can't fast track that. And then I could just set up the um, hands-on. They sent a list. I think there's only five therapists in all of Ontario that can do the refresher course, the mm-hmm. hands-on. So there was one, there's two in Toronto. I think there's one out in Windsor way. Uh, I think there's one down Niagara way and then one in Peterborough and that's it. So what do you do in that 10 hour period? So, what yeah, um, so I brought my own, my own body on the table, which is great or she'll provide one for you. And we just, you get uh sorry to start a, the RCAT is what they call it. So, uh, I go in through and checked off what I think I need to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and my a lot of my focus was I want to make sure that my assessment's on point, my palpation, my treatment skills, stuff that would lead to red flags, so your cardiovascular, your nerve, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so she reviewed that, sent out, made up a, a training schedule, basically. And when we went there, we just started with assessment and kind of worked our way through. And once she, once we were there for about an hour or two, she kind of gets an idea. Like she got an idea of, okay, where, where am I at overall? And she felt pretty confident with me. So that was amazing. And we just went through, like started with the neck assessment. What are your active, passive restricted range motions? What are your special tests? And just worked through the body like that. And then as we worked through, we would talk about different things that could be a red flag or what, you know, how would you treat that? How would you stretch that? How would you do your uh, isometric exercises to rehab that? Things like that. So, so is this refresher course for you actually a refresher or is it just like, fuck, I know this shit and now I just have to display it to somebody else who can report to the CMTO that I know my shit? Uh, I'd say a little bit of both for me. Like th- the information was in me. It was just pulling it back out, getting my lingo back, getting yeah. all of that. But I think it was always there. It was just literally a refresher like right as soon as it was oh what was this test again what's the name of that test oh i for, i couldn't match up that the special test name yeah. and then as soon as it was oh it tests this muscle or it tests this joint right this is how you do it right. and i think i think for me having that background in kinesiology and the athletic therapy yeah. really helped with that too when it started to come back you know it kind of sucks a little bit though because there's probably therapists that have been practicing for years and years and years and years and years and years, years mm-hmm. that they if don't they were remember to set up any of this? for 10 hours with yep. an approved tutor they'd be fucking like uh, i don't know this stuff either. Oh, i'm not gonna lie right? she did say that um one time she had somebody come in that uh, she said, okay, we're going to test the strength of the quads. And they didn't know what the quad was. And oh, they stop were, it. Yeah, no, they didn't know what she, what's the quad. Oh, I, be- I believe it. Yeah. You believe, like, wow. And they were registered. So mm. when she said, when you're walking in and you're naming all the um, rotator cuff muscles and like just like this and what they do, she's like, I, I kind of knew you 
we were on the right path. We just had to like yeah. refine a few things for you, See, right? Because that shit would get me mad. If I were you, I'd be sitting there. That's just me. I'm an angry guy yeah. sometimes. I'd be just <laughs> fucking angry because I know therapists that yeah. don't know stuff that they should have working knowledge of on the whole time. Mm-hmm. And what, because I stepped away for a little bit? Yeah. Or not even stepped away for a because I changed my registration to inactive mm-hmm that I now have to do all this bullshit? Like, yeah. so in other words, if I kept just paying you guys the fucking yeah, money... I would have been fine. I would have been fine. And My mm-hmm. knowledge base wouldn't changed one fucking okay. bit. But I also agree with um, the refresher course having to happen when somebody goes inactive. Oh, I agree with that too. I agree I'm with saying it. I'd be mad if I... Were. Yeah, and I mean, if you're somebody like you, like, I mean, Mark, I think everything you've learned... So, well, yeah, A, you're angry. <laughs> but B, I think everything you've learned starting in kindergarten, you remember, like the times where you just bust out into song and a song that you used to <laughs> sing in church in grade one and I'm like how the fuck you, like, do you remember the words memory? to that he, no, yeah I, he totally yeah. remembers like everything that he learns like we used to joke like his brain is like a Rolodex yeah. like if somebody asks him a question he's like give me a second oh there's the answer that's what I would say there's somebody in my brain with a filing cabinet going like this yeah. oh here it is and so like so for example like when you're talking about the special tests a hundred percent even now, like, I mean, we, we teach assessments, but Mark teaches the assessment course. Even now, there's times where I'll say to him, I'm like, what's that meniscus test called again? Like, I'll forget the name but of something. But you know how to do it. But exactly. You know I know do how to do it. it. But there's times where I'm like, what's that test called again? That I could see as being acceptable. Like, mm-hmm. if a tutor said, yeah, there's people who don't remember. But yeah, not sure. even knowing what the quads are. Yeah. I feel like how, what massage therapist doesn't know, like, yeah. especially a major muscle. It's not like, oh, they didn't know what, like, the obturator. You know, like yeah. it's, and it's not like she was asking you to say, what are what are the four muscles that make up the quads? It just what are just the quads? The quads. <laughs> <laughs> that is so sad. Yeah. I yeah. would never want that to be my therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> At least not to work on my quads. <laughs> You can do a little neck work, maybe with my hands and my feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty quick because we, what we did, you can set that up. The CMTO stays out of that part, basically. So you can bang out 10 hours in a day if you two want days. to. Two days. I did it in two days. Right we did four hours or five hours on both days. Um, my, my body had a child, so she... I think she only needs to be there for eight of the hours. And then two of the hours, we went over some of the, if I, I questions on any of the standards of practice and the treating and techniques, um, some charting, making sure that I was, I remembered how to like do all that and what to ask and fill out and this and that. Yeah. So we did that in two days, which was so nice. Cause then, and then she, she did give me some reading to do some, some of the books, which I was already did you doing. Do it? Oh, okay. I was already doing, cause I just, I was like, I, I'm, I feel like now that I step back that I don't have that knowledge, even though it's in there, it's just bringing those files to the front again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's all it is. Um, So I was like reading through my like outcome based massage. Like what are the, you know, what are the standards on the techniques again, frictions and your stretching and your heat after trigger Mm -hmm. point and all that stuff again, making sure I was up to date. And and then reading through what I like to do is somebody I know, what is, what what are they dealing with right now? And then, I'll basically make that a scenario for myself and I'll, Mm. okay, I'll go look up the anatomy and what muscle could be affecting this and things like that. And that's how I practice with myself instead of just blankly reading it. Mm -hmm. I've also, yeah, I've taken a lot of classes too, where I, in university where we had our own human skeleton. So bony landmarks, bone anatomy, I got that. So I don't need to, but how do you apply that to somebody else's Mm -hmm. condition, right? So the whole time you're with the approved tutor, Mm -hmm. are you getting excited? Yeah. I think the person I was with too, she was helping (laughs) because she was, you know, she had some information. She knew she's in the industry. So it was nice to be in a room like three therapists and that was like 
that's where I was like, oh, community starting again. Mm. I'm getting excited and and just hearing stories of again, we're testing the hip and then it's, you know, well, I've had somebody they presented like this and talking through some some case study like that with them as well. That is where I really I go off on tangents with people on that and I love that. So um, that definitely got me excited because again, I went in so nervous and then I just kept reminding myself, they're massage therapists. Their their job is to bring somebody of heightened whatever energy, however that manifests to calm. So like, why am I nervous? Like, And then as soon as I walked in there, I was like, perfect, let's go get on the table. Let's do tests. Let's, And then you do a little bit, you do a treating too. And you know, let's treat the back as if they had something, scoliosis going on, you know, they have tennis elbow of the right arm and um, trigger points in upper traps or something. And so you go through those techniques as well. So so what comes next after you do your 10 hours with your approved tutor? What's next? I did my readings and then I let them know, okay, everything you've done, your, your plan you set out for me is done. And they uh, supply the CMTO with that information. And then you in my case, I moved on to the um, online classes. Um, the reason it was in that progression for me from doing that to the next is they only do the f- the online classes four times a year. Okay. okay. So that started mid-April was the next one. So I think I did my tutoring mid-March. So then I was like waiting, <laughs> waiting for April to start. <laughs> Everybody's like, when, when are you going to be registered? I want to book with you. I'm like, just wait, June, 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 <laughs> June. <laughs> so yeah, so then I finished that took four weeks and that wasn't too bad. They said three or four hours a week for the four weeks because there was about 40 people in the online. Some people were out of province coming back to Ontario. So they just needed to do whatever they needed to do to mm-hmm. change. Some were coming from BC mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and then uh, nobody spoke up or said anything, but if they had a peer assessment and right, right, they right. found that they were needed to brush up on this, that they would take the course. Um, in that sense, it makes sense because all these people might still be working. I just, in my circumstance, wasn't working and wanted to donate. I could have got this all done in a week, easily, a few days. Right. But you have to interact with each other. So there might be a question. You have a scenario. Um, you might have to read this, a standard, this or that, and then you're posed a question. And then you get marked on your answer to the question as well as you need to engage in discussion with somebody else's post, comment on it in however way. And then you do two weeks. I think there was a like a case study, you know, Susie works at a clinic and she sees her coworker, whatever. Um, and so you answer some questions on that and then you do a test every week too, like a 10 mark quiz. So. so once you finish that, then that's it. Then you just, then you, I had to do an initial package. So I had to go get my vulnerable CPR sector check. My, C- my, I'd already got my CPR, which was fantastic. I did that back in February and, you know, get the initial package ready and then send that off. I think the day that it closed, uh, package was in the mail the next day. It took about two weeks for the CMTO, you know, administratively to get the class done, the marks done, and and to whatever department it needed to go to in the CMTO. And then I think I reached out to them the day that I was told that those marks are to the department you need. And I said, you know, is my application on your desk? And they reached out. She said, I'm actually going to process it this afternoon. So you should get an email from me. And then I, yeah, then that was it. Are you more excited submitting your initial registration package the second time? I think I was. Compared to the first time? I think I, think I was. I think I was a little bit numb uh, after going through the MCQs and the OSCEs and stuff. And mm. so it was just... you take it for granted in the sense of like that's the next step right mm-hmm. like oh that's just the next step this time it was you know I worked to get this back and yeah I was very excited 
I think I was just like on my phone, like, is the email there? Is the email there? Is the email? Please that, email. That I remember so clearly. So I actually waited probably three or four months after I did my MCQ and my OSCE um, because I actually had a job that I, I liked. I was, oh, yeah. I was pretty happy there. And I finished school. And I'm like, I just want to see where this goes. Like, and it was the same thing. I was like, I want to figure out, like, is the massage the direction I want to go in? Should I be staying here? Like, I didn't want to just jump into something. And then, yeah, three or four months later, I was like, no, definitely massage. And so I did the whole initial package. And then it was every single day. I'm like, where is that email? Like, I was losing my shit. (laughs) Because I just wanted to start working at that point. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, once that email came through, and then it was like, okay, now where's, like, the hard copy? piece of paper so that I know it's true I can put it in the frame and <laughs> all right so now that you've you've got your registration all is good you are setting up a private practice yes um kind of I might be in two locations we're still sorting out uh, some details um for one of the locations potentially in another chiropractor's office I am for sure starting Monday in a private kind of clinic with another massage therapist we're doing it as a office share cool. so um, I feel like now is the perfect time to tell everybody how to find you all of it because <laughs> now you're I, like I said I've seen yeah. you posting so I know that it's happening you're doing it <laughs> I gotta gotta build so um you can it's easy hopefully to find me uh Rivers RMT on Facebook Instagram and then emails Rivers RMT at gmail.com I have online booking, which I'm so excited about because I'm definitely something that's like paperless, no paper. Mm. I'm a techie. So one thing that I was like, this is has to happen in my new practice. No more paper. <laughs> Perfect. So anybody who's in, where is it? Oshawa? Oshawa. Anybody in Durham looking yeah. for a new therapist? I know somebody for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else we yeah, want to tell, talk tell about? Tell me how you envision your practice being now. Um, I, like I said, I like, I want to marry the the evidence base, like you're coming in with an injury, chronic, acute, whatever it is, I'm helping you get back because I'm also a taping nerd. So if you need an ankle taped before soccer practice, I'm your girl. <laughs> if you need like, you know, your shoulder taped up with dynamic taping, that too. Um, with that, the mental health, because that is such a piece that's missing in all of our lives. And as somebody who has dealt with mental health since I was 12 years old, so more than half my life, it's definitely an integral part. And I've gone through so many seasons of, you know, not feeling anything to the lowest of lows. So Mm -hmm. I think massage is a perfect world to help both the physical, mental side of things, which is impacting our medical world out there that, uh, we're not going to get into politics or anything, but it's, you know what I mean? If massage can help with all that, why not, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You win the lottery. You win millions. When's, <laughs> when's the next lottery draw? I don't even know. What day is today? It's tonight. Today's Friday. Yeah. It's tonight. You win the lottery yeah. tonight. Yep. What are we doing? I'm still setting up a practice. Wow. I'm still setting up a practice. That and fire burns deep. Yeah. Oh, it does in this It might one. be a part-time practice. <laughs> oh, <travel>. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody else I think I heard on the show who would work for six months and travel for six months, yeah. do one of those. Yeah. Um, but I also were very heavily involved in uh, animal rescue programs. We have a rescue dog at home and we have... Uh, four, five dogs from the same rescue program at oh. home. So um, I'd probably be also be giving some of my time and some of my money to help them out too. So we're very involved in that, but definitely awesome. still setting up a practice and, you know, spoiling, spoiling the family, paying off debts, paying off. Like I said, my brother flies out soon to do his postdoc in England, help them maybe pay off some of his PhD debts. <laughs> 
So, yeah. You are a massage therapist deep in your soul. I think so. My grandmother says... Uh, she's she's a very spiritual woman, and I told her, Graham, I'm going back to massage therapy. I don't know why you left. You're a healer. I knew it the day you were born. You've been a healer your whole life. So why are you denying it? Mm. Grandparents are always right. Oh yeah, they really are. Yeah, I, I don't have any of mine left, but I guarantee you, they were always right. Although my grandfather used to tell me that I made poor choices a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> Was I was I one of those four choices? Uh, we'll talk about that off mic. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. So anything uh, anything else we we want to ask Heather? Yeah, about? Is there anything else you want to wrap on? Or? This has been exciting. Cool. Well, this I'm very been, happy. This has been really interesting because yeah. I can imagine we've talked about this over and over how isolating massage therapy can be. And it is very easy to get lost. So, for example, I know a lot of new grads come out and they head straight for the secure massage yep. jobs. You know, they go to the chains or the spas somewhere where they're going to get, you know, they're going to get their practice filled. And for some people, that's exactly what they're looking for. But there are those people that have this burning of, this is not where I want to be. Like you said, you're not in control of your own marketing. You're not, you're not being you. And if you're one of those people and you're in this room all day, only with your clients, you don't get to speak to other therapists very often. I could see it becoming very overwhelming and very unsettling and yeah, a lot of noise. And I mean, I, like I said, I've dealt with it. I still sometimes deal with it. I tell Mark all the time that I think there's a part of me that eventually is going to really start focusing on women and prenatal. Like since even before having kids, I felt this way, but like since having kids, um, I've, I'm like, I need to work with pregnant women. Like that's, that's the people that mm-hmm. I understand and that yeah. I feel like I can help. And I don't, f- I, I do have a lot of prenatal clients, yeah. but I feel like I need it to be more. I get that. I have such a huge respect for, for moms out there. Like I said, my two best friends just had kids and I'm not in that place at all. And I just have mad respect for what they go through. So I was like, okay, like you just want me to like rub your feet for a bit. That's I'll do it. Like whatever you need. Cause you are a superhero in my mind. Like I, I can't imagine. Moms, man, you guys are me included, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moms uh, moms really are superheroes. I know it sounds like I'm patting myself on the back, but it's like yeah. you don't even realize how much a mother does in one day until you actually have to do it. And there's some days at the end of the day that I'm like, I don't know how I'm still standing. Yeah. And then I stop standing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Not to go, like, go too far, but watching like the, you know, postpartum depression and stuff, it's it's crazy how it's it's real. Like people yeah. still like to say it's not, but it, it is. And up to that like first year or whatnot. And it's hard. I have friends where, you know, her part, their partner was only home for a week and, and they're struggling because it's a lot. It, mm-hmm. your emotions you're physically like your mm-hmm. life literally just did a 180 and in one day it changed yep. drastically yeah and now you have to figure it out and then on top of that alone sometimes yep. and yeah. then i have another friend her husband was able to take six weeks off at the beginning and it's a completely different people yes but completely different thing like they were able to she was able to heal mentally emotionally physically mm-hmm. as a family unit and, and figure out the dynamic and get in the rhythm together yeah. before he had to go back to work. Moms need so much support. So like even just, hey, I'm coming over with a tea. What donut do you want? I'm there in five minutes. It's sometimes yeah. they need that. It's super real. Like I, yeah. I know someone who uh, who had it really, really bad. Like she actually hated her kid for the first year and a mm. half of her kid's life. And that's actually more common than people 
talk yeah. about because you don't want to be the horrible person no. to say, I have no All connection with this child, yeah. yep. right? So that is super common. And it's it's not even like, I'm sure, as you just said, she said she hated her kid. I don't, I'm sure deep down it wasn't, I hate my kid. She hated who she had become and mm-hmm. who she was with this kid. And it's because you have this vision because you see it, you know, you see other parents and you see things yeah. on social media and you have this vision of being the mom with the cute little stroller and, <laughs> you know, walking with like you know, your newborn, like they're an accessory yeah. and being able to go and sit and have an, ad- an adult conversation mm-hmm. in a coffee shop. Reality check. Most of the time, if you've gotten out of the house that day bravo yeah <laughs> just to just to go get the mail or, yeah. or walk around if you have yeah. real clothes on bravo yeah if your hair is clean <laughs> fuck yeah like you have done so much today oh, yeah. yeah but yeah like i said before i had kids i never could have imagined it so that that desire i know we're on a tangent here but the desire to work with pregnant yeah. women and new moms i'm like that is who I need to be working with because I'm like, I understand what shit storm really means now. And even though I haven't been through it, I like I feel that same, maybe it's that empath in me that's yeah. like, I can understand it. And like, you need all the support you can get. And if I can just give you an hour to yourself mm-hmm. and if you're on my table bawling your eyes out just to get it out, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's If that's what you need, you need that time. You need to take time for yourself. So... And it's all the mom shamers and the, just everybody shamers out there. Like, let's just all be advocates for everybody. That's that's probably been my biggest goal in the last, like, probably five years. Not just moms, like people yeah. in general. I'm like, just step back for a second. Like, for example, I was just having a conversation with my last client, conversations with clients, <laughs> about um, people who like to, I don't know how to word it, but it's like people who are constantly angry at other people. And so, for example, I have, um, I know a couple of people who are constantly like, like rude to service people, you know, rude to their waiters or rude to, you know, and I like take 10 seconds and think about like, this is probably a high school student, you know, like uh, working at Subway, making you a sandwich and you're going to yell at them because they put too much sauce on your sandwich. Yeah. Like there's definitely a better way to go about that. Yeah. And I've been a bartender off and on for 10 years and my partner has been in the service industry and so customer service and we can't like, those are the, sometimes the people that you need to be giving the most compassion to and most understanding to, because what they're doing, if it's Subway making a sandwich, you're fully capable of going home and doing it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Why are you going to stand here asking this person to do something for you and then be rude to them? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. No, I I don't, I don't like that. So that's probably been, like I said, my biggest goal in the last five years is making people just for a second, stop and think about like looking at something from another perspective, like being able to have empathy and being able to put themselves in somebody else's position and see like, is this really necessary? You know, was this person's intent to fuck up your lunch yeah. because I don't think their intent was to ruin your sandwich. No. So why are you yelling at them and yeah. ruining their day intentionally mm-hmm. for something that you can very easily say, that's a little too much. Can you scrape some off or something? Yeah. You know, like it's, or just take it and scrape some off on your Exactly. Yourself. Exactly. There's so many times my friends like to make fun of me. I'm a no tomato person. And there's sometimes where I didn't say no tomato. And then they're like, why didn't you say no tomato? I'm like, well, I'll just take it off myself. This is Mark. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Mark hates onions. <laughs> (laughs) And he hates pickles. And every time we go out to eat, 
if I'm the one placing the order, I will always, with yeah. for his, say no onions, no pickles. Right. He'll just order it. And then I'll say to him, why don't you say no onions, no pickles? He's like, I don't want to be a pain. Yeah, that's yeah, how I am. Exactly. My brother's the same way. My brother has a dairy allergy. We'll go to places and I'm like, you have an allergy. You need to let them know. Like, you carry an EpiPen. You need to let them know. Yeah. And so he'll be like, oh, just no cheese and whatnot. And now his wife and I will be like, dairy allergy. Like, it's not just a preference. It's an allergy. <laughs> He's like, well, I don't want to bother them. Mm. I said, well, they're, but you have an allergy. We might have to take you to the hospital if yeah. they use the, the same The options night. here are be a bother or go into anaphylactic shock. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's like, wait in. Use, let's wait they'll in. use a different knife to make sure they cut your burger than they did the last one and things like that. They'll, they'll And which I find in uh, restaurants now, a lot of them, if you say like no cheese or something, they'll ask you, is it, a, is it an allergy or, or no, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is it an allergy? Which I really like because so many people won't speak up because they're afraid to not bother somebody in that regard mm-hmm. <laughs> because other people are rude and might not be an allergy it's just a dislike and then make a whole hoopla about it right yeah there's a fine line I mean sometimes you have to speak up sometimes like you said you just do it yourself we went on such a tangent here but Uh anyway (laughs) the point is don't be an asshole is that what we're going to be nice to people and yeah what's the quote the you know be that person that straightens out your uh, girlfriend's crown, but not telling the world that you straighten it out. I don't think that's just women. I think that's everybody. That's everybody. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's not just because, yeah, we started talking about mom shamers. It's not just mom shamers. I have a problem with It's as you said, it's shamers in general, just let people fucking live how they want to live. Yeah. And if it's not hurting you, if there's no bad intent, if then what's the problem? Stay in your lane. Stay. Exactly. Mm. I love it. Fuck yeah. It's motivational. (laughs) (laughs) For Friday afternoon. Yeah, this has been good. Thanks yeah. for coming by. Well, this is, thanks this for having fun. me. I'm I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous and excited, but now I'm I'm very happy that uh, I was here and we did this. Cool, yeah. cool. I'm glad you got to share your story. I think it was really interesting to get that perspective. Right on. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. Peace. <laughs>